welcome back to Sprinkles of SEL with U2L, a podcast on social and emotional learning, wellness, neuroscience, and healthy habits for educators and anyone really in the education space. I'm Lauren. And I'm Namratha. And we are your SEL team here at United to Learn. Today's sprinkle of SEL answers the following questions. One, what is burnout? And how does it occur? And two, what is self-care and how can we practice it in a way that helps us manage our burnout? Mm -hmm. I'm almost imagining that a dun-dun-dun whenever I hear burnout. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just a scary word, I think. And we never want to be there, but it does occur way more likely than we'd like it to. So as we discussed last week... When it comes to burnout, it is based on our stress, and not all of our stress is damaging. In fact, a healthy amount of stress is almost necessary to ensure that we are being productive and pushed to an appropriate level to perform well, to compete, and to drive ourselves towards success. But with stress comes the stress cycle. So every time our body's stress response systems becomes activated, it also must be deactivated. In other words, we have to complete the cycle to be able to return to our body's natural state of rest and homeostasis. So what happens if we don't finish the stress cycle? And what happens when that stress cycle keeps getting activated and we repeatedly do not complete it every single time? So we experience burnout. Burnout occurs when we experience this incredible amount of stress or toxic stress in our systems. Toxic stress is this prolonged activation of our stress response systems that, in the absence of protective relationships and support that help us manage this, can significantly damage our mental, emotional, and physical states of being. So when we experience toxic stress, it's bad enough, but in our students, it can actually lead to some long-lasting damage if we're not addressing this properly. Experiencing toxic stress in our young students can result in affecting their developing brain architecture. So stress at such a high and prolonged level at this early stage can impair their development of neural pathways being formed in the brain and hinder their growth of our higher order of functioning. So this is what's happening in our executive lobe, and this is what's going to help them uh, just practice logical decision-making, rationale, decision I said decision-making again. <laughs> Obviously, the executive love is really stuck going Yes, right now. definitely. That's what... But that's you get the picture. Yeah. So, Namratha, let's summarize. You're saying that stress, we, we all have it, right, in various forms. However, this chronic toxic stress is when our bodies are not finishing the stress cycle. Therefore, we're kind of just like in this constant state of stress. Exactly. And that can be... I mean, stress is stressful, right? When we are like not allowing ourselves to rest and not really giving ourselves that break, it just it just adds up over time. And you also feel like you can't get out of it. And that the the neurological aspect of that, like when your head is is flooding with cortisol, your brain is flooded with cortisol, and you don't give it a chance to let that reduce it and reduce the swelling because cortisol does cause swelling in your brain you are now making neurons fire together. And what do we know about neurons that fire together, Namratha? They wire together. They wire together. (laughs) So as much as we love neuroplasticity and we love the idea of being able to rework some of our neural pathways in our mind, 
we really need to be mindful that it can also happen in a negative way, right? And so if you are in this constant state of stress and you are not doing anything to complete that stress cycle and you have that cortisol flowing, everything swelling in your brain, you're not able to to make sound decisions, eventually your neurons get real comfortable. They get very comfortable and that becomes their new norm. That becomes what's comfortable. And then when you're not stressed, you feel a little uncomfortable because you're like, uh, what's happening? This This is new. (laughs) And I think what you're describing, Lauren, is like when our homeostasis, when our state of rest is literally not a state of rest, but that's what our body has become used to as your baseline, Mm -hmm. right? And we never want that excited state of stress to be our baseline at the end of the day. Right. And so as educators, especially at this time of the year, and in this season of of the world, the way things have been going, you are far more prone to burnout than a lot of other people. And um, every day you show up for all those little bodies in your classroom, for all those little faces, and they're counting on you. And so it's important that you also count on yourself and you show up for yourself. So... Um, Going into that, we're going to dive into self-care. We'll come back, talk about our stories of burnout (laughs) because I feel like this lends itself (laughs) really well into our next topic, which is what is self-care truly, right? We live in this world, oh, practice (laughs) self-care. And sometimes you're like, you know what? I can't even get out of bed. Yeah. (laughs) What do you mean practice self-care? Like I'm not okay. (laughs) We throw around that word Mm self-care a lot without fully really recognizing what we're doing with it and where it goes. Right. And that it's just this like automatic fix. But sometimes we're not even in a place to really access self-care if we're not being careful. Correct. So along those lines, we're used to thinking about self-care as like a very superficial discussion, something on on the surface, if you will, um, which is like doing things to create these moments that are just like relaxing and distressing. But let's go ahead and redefine that. Let's redefine self-care. There are two levels. The first level is when we do things with our stress. So self-care is nothing more than doing what it takes to complete our stress cycle. Every time we do something towards completing that stress cycle, we allow ourselves and our bodies the opportunity to let that stress go and reset our bodies back in homeostasis. But I also want to reiterate, be mindful of where your current state of homeostasis is most comfortable when it's at rest, right? And so if you are um, working in a job, for example, that you are feeling burnt out in and the stress is there, whether you do something about it or not, it's still going to be there. What you do have are your own tools, your own toolkit, things that are within your locus of control. And so some of those things that you can do for yourself is taking a little walk, getting enough sleep, talking it out with somebody who's your work bestie. A recent study that we've been talking about in the office is that uh, relationships at work, if you have friendships at work, you are like far more likely to uh, enjoy your work, enjoy your job and not burn out. So keep in mind who you surround yourself with at work. You have, you have the power to control that. You know that there's probably some people who 
guaranteed everything that comes out of their mouth is not going to be positive and productive because they're burnt out. You have to save yourself. You have to make sure that you surround yourself with people who believe in you and who are your hype man, for lack of a better term. And going back into our locus of control right there, you also have the power to influence those relationships and what comes out of other people's mouth. Because you are that, you are, you can be an inspirational force in other people's lives. Yes. Getting a massage, moving that physical matter around in your body does have positive lasting impact, especially if it becomes a regular routine in your schedule. Practicing the 5-4-3-2-1 grounding technique and the four A's that we mentioned last week. So if you haven't checked out episode six, go ahead and check that out. That will tell you more about two tools that you can do and take care of yourself. If you are familiar with burnout uh, being a topic, there are two experts that are largely thrown around in the realm of burnout discussions and experts, and that is the um, Nagoski sisters. Amelia and Emily have written a book. It's called Burnout, Burnout, Burnout. It's black and pink if you've never seen it, but um, they talk about the secret to unlocking the stress cycle and how pivotal that is. So they've outlined some strategies that we can use to help us make that cycle complete and to manage our stress. And I'm going to read through um, six of them. We're not going to go in depth, but I'll go ahead and I will link it in the show notes for you. But here are six very tangible free things that you can absolutely do. Free. <laughs> yes. And by six, I mean nine, nine things that you can absolutely do. The first one is, is physical activity, getting your body moving, move that energy around in your body. Even if it's difficult when you start at the end of it, it's going to feel good. And it doesn't have to be uh, going to the gym and running for an hour on the Stairmaster. It could just be a walk around the block. Yeah. Get out, get out from behind your desk and just like go take a quick walk around the office if you need to get some water and then come back. Yes. And if you're telling me you don't have time, I have a tip for you. Um, The next one is engaging in positive social interactions. Maybe that also means filtering your social media. What are you exposing yourself to? Uh, I'm a sucker for some really good crime TV and some dark, scary stuff. However, I have made an effort to be more mindful about where I am in my life and my stress cycle when I indulge in binging criminal minds and things like that. So really trying to control the type of interaction I have, even if it's not social, it's the interaction with what media I'm putting in front of me. Um, the next one is to have a big old cry. Put on that movie. <laughs> I have a list of movies that when I know I need a good cry, but I don't quite want to cry about the problem that's really stressing me out, I'll let out a big old cry and watch a good sappy movie. And it feels so good to release that. Um, Sleeping, but not oversleeping. (laughs) Uh, Showing affection, you know, hugs release endorphins. Long lasting hugs release endorphins. And um, I also want you to consider Uh, your children, whether you are a parent or whether you are in a classroom. Children come from homes where affection is shown differently. And sometimes showing affection might be something that's really great for you. However, your partner or the children in your class or other people you interact with maybe come from households where 
hugs didn't happen and there wasn't that type of physical affection. So I just caution you with that one. Know, know yourself, know your bounds and know those around you. Um, another one is expressing yourself creatively. Everyone go out there and have a doodle, pull out your watercolors. I challenge you as an adult. We recently did a watercolor painting activity and I was like, why, why, why have I not done this since elementary school? This is so incredible. We lose that joy, I think, yes. so easily. And I think we have to remind ourselves that, especially when we're feeling so stressed and up in arms mm-hmm. about these things, like it's okay to just like draw for a little bit. I don't know, write, write a, a little poem. story. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, all of you are adults that are creative. You have it in you somewhere. Maybe you haven't embraced it in a bit. Being an adult do does it. not mean you do not need to be creative and you don't have to have fun. No. I think and that's maybe where we get lost. you being creative is rearranging how you have your bookshelf at home. So Small embrace your creativity. Breathing. We talk a lot about breath work here, but definitely giving that uh, the body a reset with some deep breathing is helpful. Laughing. Um, <laughs> Cue laughter. <laughs> Cue. That was real laughter. I am only laughing because I know that there are like situations where I can think of some shows and things that I've watched where like you're standing in a room and someone's like, okay, we need to take a laughing break. And people picture a room of really tired educators, right? I walked in on your campus at 3.30 and I was like, okay, for PD this afternoon, we're going to have a good old laugh. And oh you all would look at me like I'm crazy, but well, you'd, you'd, we'd laugh you out of the room. If <laughs> I started laughing, try it with us. <laughs> Let out a good laugh, right? And if you have to be the person in your workspace, in your house, in your hallway who just decides to have a good old laugh party, do it. Do it with your students. Oh, that'd be the best thing to do with your students. Oh, fake it till you make it. Because I promise you, if y'all start fake laughing together, you will end up real Real laughing laughing together. Okay. (laughs) And the last one is engaging in your imagination. You know, we are curious by nature. And I think that we subscribe to a lot of, um, unwritten societal rules that stifle our imagination as well as our creativity. And so I just encourage you to dream, have your imagination and, and chase it. Namratha? I think that was great. You hit on all of them, Lauren. And I think that's the thing. So there are so many things we can do to be able to tackle that stress and complete our stress cycle, right? And this is, I think a lot of this is what we may not easily come across, but they're all forms of self-care. And I know there's some forms that are more easily easily accessible to us than others. So it truly is just sort of picking on what makes sense for you, right? Especially like if you're not a physical touch person, maybe showing affection shows differently, shows up differently for you. And so just think about what works for you and what you can do for yourself to complete that cycle and manage that stress. But there is also a second level of self-care that we often forget And we can work on managing our stress. That's the first step. But it's also important to turn our attention to the stressors themselves. So our typical model of self-care is when we do things to deal with the stress, right? But true self-care is when we can deal with these stressors. So it's not to say don't deal with the stress itself. What this means is that we're not just looking at the surface level stress. 
we're taking a step back and looking at where it came from. Recognize the stressors that's lying below the surface and focus on managing that as well. So are you saying, Namratha, we need to do two things. We need to A, finish our stress cycle because we're already stressed Mm -hmm. about it, but then take some time to reflect and and do some root cause analysis to determine, okay, what, what really was the stressor in this situation? And then consider next steps. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And I think this is the way of self-care that we don't really recognize to look at it as often is where we have to treat the disease, not the symptom. Mm. Yeah. So how do we treat the stressor? Our self-care work is going to look a little different here. So first step is going to be determining what stressors you can and cannot control. Namratha, that sounds really familiar. That sounds really familiar, doesn't it, Lauren? (laughs) Did we? Was there? It's almost like we had a whole episode. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, take a listen to our previous episodes where we talk about our locus of control because we talk all about what we can and cannot control. So do this with your stressors. Determine, put them in two different groups. A, I can control these things in my life that stress me out. And B, I cannot control these other things in my life that stress me out. Now, for the things that you can control, create an action plan. Set yourself up for success through planful problem solving. I'm going to give the grocery store example here from uh, last week's episode. If you're walking into a grocery store and even before you walk in, you know, hey, I'm the type of person who gets very easily stressed out by all the options I have in the store. Let me take a minute, set up a list for myself that I can keep on hand and I'm walking in that store and I'm only following what's on the list and I'm not getting distracted with with what I don't need in this store. Better yet, place a target pickup order. Doesn't cost you anything extra. You pick everything out from the app or um, the delivery service. There is a fee for that, but uh, well worth it. (laughs) Plan around that. Plan around the issue, which is you know there's going to be too many things at that store that catches your eye, avoid going there in the first place. And uh, Walmart also offers that. Kroger also offers that. Mm -hmm. There are A a lot of uh, grocers in the area in Dallas and I'm sure nationwide as well do offer that service. So yeah, there are things that we can do to problem solve and set ourselves up for that success. So are you saying kind of like What systems can I put in place to mitigate this being a stressful event for me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Create a system that works for you. But that's for stressors that you can control. So let's turn to thinking about what we cannot control. So there are two things that we can do here. And one is this little fun technique called positive reappraisal. This is something that uh, the Nagoski sisters have laid out in their books if you guys are interested in reading a little bit more on that. But essentially what it is, is taking time to just reshift your mindset to think, how is this challenge that I have in front of me? How is this thing that is triggering me? It's stressing me out. I know it's just causing so much uh, buildup of stress and I'm feeling burnt out because of it. How is this an opportunity for me to grow, for me to learn? and be better from it. So to bring an example to that, you are an educator. You know the annual ebbs and flows of feeling burnt out, but in spring and testing season towards the end of the year, you're feeling it pretty heavy right now. Um, And given COVID and all of the other factors that impact you, I I know you're feeling it, educators. Um, I know that sometimes maybe you come home and you can't even get out of the car because you're just stuck. 
mm-hmm. for a moment. And then when you do get inside, you sit on the couch with your coat on, your shoes on, and your bags in your hands, just numb because you're burnt out. Um, but I'm going to challenge you, like Namratha said, I'm going to challenge you to really consider how is this an opportunity for you to grow and learn? And I want you to really lean into your belief systems and ask yourself, like, why has this been my reality? Why was I placed in this situation? And what do, what do I get to gain from this? Because you are there, teachers principals, coaches, counselors, nurses, cafeteria staff, janitors, engineers, all of you, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are placed there for a reason. The children need you. We need you and we value you. And I know you don't feel that often, which causes you to feel so burnt out, but please know that all of those little bodies that sit in your classroom and in your schools, they need you. They need you. And if they're the one stressing you out, this is what one person told me in one of my first years of, of teaching, and it's really stuck with me. Um, you know, you have, you have children and oftentimes the most stressful child never misses a day. And Sometimes you just wish they would be be absent so you could have a break, right? That's real talk. Sometimes you just need a break. But they're there and they show up every single day because they need you. And their behavior, their ability to execute their executive functioning skills is not where it is as an adult. So you're the adult in the situation and and that child is is that simply a child and No child wakes up and fails themselves. An adult in that child's life failed that child. So when you are working with all of these creative, beautiful little minds that are just waiting to explode into greatness, I really challenge you to remind yourself, an adult in that child's life failed them, and it's not going to be you. You know, on that note, too, I think that ties in perfectly with this other part of dealing with stressors we cannot control, which is redefining what that failure looks like and redefining what the win in your life and in that child's life looks like. So think about what that definition of a win or a failure for you right now is, right? What does that look like? Are you reaching your wins? And if not, what is a win that you can reach? You never, you know, you never want to give a student a growth goal that they cannot attain. So don't do that to yourselves. Give yourself a growth goal that you can attain. Do that for the people around you. Redefine what it means to reach success and to celebrate when that happens. Thanks for sharing, Namratha. So before we close out, let's go ahead and talk about our commitments for the week. Um, Namratha, what's your commitment for the week? My commitment for the week is, honestly, I just want to be able to give myself space and time to take a walk every day. And I think that's one of the things I was telling myself, oh, I don't have time to do that. And I want to be able to tell myself, you absolutely have time to just take a quick 10-minute walk. And it's going to be good for your mental health and your physical health and your emotional health. And then the work that you have is still there for you at the end of the day. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, my commitment for the week, actually, it's I do it often. I, it's a new practice that I've been doing, and I stepped away from it for a little bit, but I'm going to get back into it. And I thought of you, Namratha, because I 
I, you know, traffic on the way home <laughs> during rush hour can be pretty intense. And um, the other day I was getting really frustrated with the traffic. And I said to myself, no, you know what? We're all in this together. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Right? Like we are in this traffic jam together. But but anyways, uh, what I do is I, there is a spot, a secret spot <laughs> that I um it's like at the start of a of a public trail, but it's right on the cusp of downtown. It's my secret little spot that I hit before I go home. It's quiet. It's like tucked in, tucked under. It has a great view of the city. And I go there and just sit or walk in the beautiful silence of nature and give myself that moment because I know when I walk in at home when I walk in the door everybody's going to need something the dog needs to use the restroom this, you know everybody it's it's it right back on right and so you're an adult you have to let your stress your stress cycle complete and so I do that. My commitment that I do is I stop, even if it's five minutes and it's on the way home. Well, that's all it takes, I right? I just stop and I take a moment for me, okay? And then um, last but not least, we'll finish with our mindful moment from my book, A Year of Mindfulness. Um, the quote for today is, make this your mantra today. Quote, I am creating my highest expression of self with ease and grace. I love that. That is so cool. Give yourself some grace. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself some grace. You deserve it. So on that note, go have a big old laughing circle with your students if you're a teacher tomorrow. (laughs) Go de-stress. And we hope you guys find what works for you. Yes. Find what works for you. And um, we'd love to hear about it. Leave us a, a comment. Tell us what works for you to complete your stress cycle. Um, but we can't sign off without saying, educators, <laughs> it's heavy right now. And I am deeply empathetic for the work that you do every day. And I want you to know that even if society doesn't always show it, society sees you. Society appreciates you. Society needs you, needs your talents. You are talented. You are loved. You are appreciated. Your feelings are valid. All of them. (laughs) They're valid. And you're not alone. No one's alone in this. And so don't feel like you have to tackle the world by yourself. You've got an army of supporters. And if you need anything additional, you know, you can always reach out to us at sel at unitedtolearn.org. But we appreciate you. We love you. SELs, go have a fabulous week. Finish your spring strong. You've got this. You are about to overcome any challenges that you have. And we believe in you. So on that note... See you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, Yellies. We love you. Bye. <laughs> and last but not least, we'd like to thank Pitchbend Media for their sound design and music composition.